Good morning, Amokyo family. Thank you for joining us for our online worship service this morning. For the month of August, the church is celebrating Outreach Month. And because it is Outreach Month, I have chosen to preach from the most successful missionary in the Old Testament. And it is none other than Jonah, the runaway missionary. We are all familiar with Jonah. Uh, but what makes this book so special to me is that it leaves the readers on a cliffhanger and ends not with a full stop, but with a question mark. The second reason the book is of Jonah is so special is because it exemplifies our purpose and reason for outreach. What do I mean by that? Let me try and explain by asking another question. What is one or two words that comes to your mind when you hear the words missions, evangelism, and outreach? Um, you can write it down in the chat box. Feel free to do so. But maybe your answer might be something like, let's go, or it's urgent, and now. Last uh, week, PTM Gerald reminded us about the urgency of Christ's second coming. Hence, we as believers must not delay in sharing the gospel with those who do not know Christ. But maybe your answers are not the ones that I just mentioned just now. Instead, it could sound like something like, it's not me, uh, not now, or call Pastor this, Pastor Anthony, Pastor Lee, you know, or cell leader or friend. Um, as you can see, these answers comes more naturally uh, to us. Our good friend, by the name of Jonah, answered in the same manner as us today as well. He ran away when God approached him. Jonah 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 3. Now the Lord, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Jonah basically disobeyed God and ran away, thinking that he could outrun God's presence. And it's possible that one of the main reasons he wanted to run away is because he knew what will happen when he goes down to Nineveh, he knew that God is a God who is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And that God will relent from bringing disaster to Nineveh. And isn't that weird or intriguing? If you knew you, were, you will be a successful missionary like Jonah, you knew that hearts will be turned and God will relent. Um, will you run away or answer God's call? Naturally, if you know um, that you'll be successful, you will answer the call. But for Jonah's case, it does not seem to make any sense that he will run away. Um, but here, we are actually not far off from Jonah. If we were in Jonah's shoes and were honest with ourselves, we would probably respond like Jonah. If we look at Jonah and we see and see right into his heart, we will see a very hard heart and one who has many weaknesses like you and me. 
Jonah was probably prejudiced and disliked the Ninevites as they were the arch enemies of the Israelites. He probably wanted them to perish and did not want to save them at all. What we see here is that Jonah, like you and me, wanted to serve God in our way and to reach out to people we want to reach out to. We, just like Jonah, might have tinted lenses covering our eyes. But it is people like Jonah and you and me who God wants to use and change us from the inside out. To understand more of what the story of Jonah means to us, I have broken down this sermon into three parts, A, B, and C. The first is to have the attitude like the sailors. The second is to be more prayerful. And the third is to change from the inside out. Let us go back to the story. Jonah is on a boat in the sea where the Lord has caused a storm to come upon the boat such that even experienced sailors were afraid and started throwing precious cargo into the sea to lighten it. The story continues with Jonah speaking to the sailors, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. When the sailors heard this, they were afraid and said to Jonah, What is this that you have done? The sailors knew that Jonah was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more rough. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quieten down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great storm has come upon you. As I was growing up in Sunday school, I was taught that Jonah, uh, in this segment of the story, that he's a hero because he volunteered to be thrown off the boat in order to rescue and save the sailors. Quite, quite noble, right? But if you look closely behind the real reason and the motive behind volunteering to be thrown off the ship, it's actually a form of escape for Jonah to go to Nineveh. He probably thought he would die from drowning because the sea was so rough. Therefore, he would not need to go to Nineveh at all. But actually, at this point, the real hero of the, the heroes of the story are the sailors. They initially did not agree to Jonah's suggestion. The Bible states, Nevertheless, the men, which are the sailors, rode hard to get back to dry land. But they could not for the sea grew even wilder than before. Finally, in desperation, the sailors called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us now perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea and the sea ceased from its raging. I believe that the sailors did all that they could to get back to land. But of course, they could not because it's all part of God's plan. And here Jonah really lived up to his reputation of being a successful missionary. Even though Jonah disobeyed God, 
God could still use this opportunity to reach out and speak to these Gentile sailors. What do I mean by that? Since Jonah was thrown into the sea, right? Uh, Because of Jonah, the sailors responded to God in chapter 1, verse 16. It says, Then the men, the sailors again, feared the Lord exceedingly, and they made and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. This is from Jonah chapter 1, verse 16. In this verse, there are three ways that the sailors responded that we must learn from. First, they feared the Lord exceedingly. Proverbs 28, verse 14, Blessed is the one who fears the Lord always, but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. We see from the wise book of Proverbs that fearing God is contra- contrast- contrasted with a heart, unperceptive heart. In Isaiah 62 verse 2, this is the one to whom I will look, he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. The person who fears the Lord is one whose heart is open to God and is filled with humility and sensitivity of sensitive of the heart. Second, the sailors offered a sacrifice. If you remembered earlier, the sailors had thrown off most of their non-essential cargo into the sea so that they can lighten the boat. So my question is, what did they use to sacrifice to God? Surely it has to be something that is deemed so important that it was not thrown off, uh, it was not thrown off the board of the ship uh, earlier on. They had sacrificed something in their fear of the Lord, and this sacrifice was not out of abundance, but something that was deemed costly and important to them. Third, the sailors made vows. To make a vow in the Old Testament, um, and a vow is seem is seemed to be defined as to make a promise to worship God with a certain offering in the future, motivated by gratitude for God's grace in the life of the offerer. And the reason for the delay in making the offering was that the offerer, which is the sailors in this case, was not able at that point, at that moment, to make the offering. So a vow is made in order to worship God for the grace that God has extended upon one's life. Here the sailors recognize that God has extended grace upon their life and they vowed to worship Him when they are able to do so, probably when they can get back to land and in the temple. What we should do is to learn from the attitude and actions of the sailors. How can we fear the Lord exceedingly in our lives? What is our sacrifice to the Lord? Have we made any vows to the, to the Lord that has not been fulfilled? To answer these questions, we need to adopt the attitude of the sailors. As mentioned earlier, Jonah volunteered himself to be thrown off the boat was a sign of escape and not heroism. But despite thinking that he can escape through the form of death, God changed his situation around 
by causing a fish to eat him up. Jonah's surroundings changed drastically from being in a fierce thunderstorm and choppy seas to a probably quiet and eerie silence of the deep sea and being inside the fish stomach. The question is, why was this necessary? Why did God have to make Jonah go through such a weird, in in this case, or difficult situation? My personal take on this is that often in life, when we have a sudden change um, in a situation or are in an environment that is difficult and not in our control, we open our ears and turn our attention to God. It is in such situation that we are more sensitive to hear God. So what kind of situation are you in right now? Were there any recent changes of environment or situation that you are in right now, especially in the time of COVID, where things change within days or within even a week? We were once working in offices, moving about freely, but suddenly we are all um, have to stay at home and wear masks. Our situations and environment do change drastically. But it could also be relationship problems, family issues, financial difficulties, or an uncertain future. So no matter what the situation we are in, I think God is always speaking. The question is, are we always listening? So moving on, let's look at Jonah's response to his current situation where he is in the fish stomach. Jonah responded through a prayer um, from in Jonah chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 9. He says that he, he was calling out to the Lord. He was crying. He was looking upon the holy temple. He was remembering the Lord. And finally, he was thinking of the sacrifice, um, of the sacrifices to God. What is interesting here is that while he was still in the fish stomach, his situation and environment has not changed. But his attitude and the assurance of God's nature had changed. He said, God will answer. God will hear my voice. And God will bring my life from the pit. Jonah finally gave in and decided to answer God's call to go to Nineveh. Church, today is Outreach Month and if you are thinking about whether to serve in a certain ministry or to reach out to someone, my suggestion is to start off uh, with a time of quietness with God and to start praying. Prayer has a way of changing our perspective of the situation and allow God to intervene. We therefore need to humble ourselves to be more prayerful especially when we want to serve God in any capacity. The story of Jonah continues as the fish sped him out and he went on to Nineveh to warn the Ninevites of judgment if they do not repent. He went down, as mentioned in as mentioned just now, that in the Old Testament history as the most successful missionary with 120,000 people including the king who repented. But this success 
did not make him angry, happy at all. In verse 6 of chapter 4, Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. So at this point, uh, Jonah was so unhappy that he went out to the east of the city to sit down. And while he was um, there, uh, the God provided a leafy plant and made it grow over Jonah's uh, to give him some shade and to ease his discomfort. Okay, let me continue from verse 7. But at dawn, the next day, God provided a worm uh, which chewed the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry with the plant or about the plant? It is, he said, and I'm so angry I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have Concern for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and also many animals. And here he's left with a question and the book ends. But church, God was and still is always interested in people's lives and in our character today. Even to the end of Jonah's story, God was still trying to mold and change Jonah. Today, again, being outreach man, the call is obviously to reach out and bless someone. And oftentimes we reach out because we want to lend a helping hand. We want to be a blessing to another person because God has already blessed us so richly. We also want to reach out because we want to obey God's word to reach out to others. And all these reasons are not wrong at all. But today, I would like to end off with a reminder that as we go out to bless someone, and we should, we in turn, and when we, when we do so, we in turn will be blessed. Just like Jonah, although unwilling, he went to Nineveh to save them from judgment and get them to change from their ways It was God who also wanted to change Jonah's heart and attitude. This reminded me of a uh, a time when I was serving in St. Andrew's Community Hospital as an intern. Um, I was under a program called Clinical Pastoral Education, CPE for short. As an intern, really my role is to go to patients, to talk to them, encourage them, provide some pastoral care to them. Thankfully, the full-time chaplains assigned me to mostly English-speaking patients, but I did get a fair share of Chinese-speaking patients that test my half-past six Chinese. Um, conversationally, Chinese conversation Chinese is still manageable for me, but if the patients switch to dialect, which they often do, I will be totally I will to- be totally at loss of what to say because I don't understand what they're talking about. Nonetheless, I wanted to learn some pastoral skills and provided and provide pastoral care to the patients. Um, however, as I started on my internship and had conversation after conversation with the patients, 
They were the ones who changed me. In fact, they provided pastoral care to me. I remember walking out of the community hospital after a full day of talking to patients and thinking to myself about how the conversations in the hospital were so different from the ones I had with my friends. With my friends, the topic were usually about work, how they were competing in the corporate world and climbing the corporate ladder, or among us, who is earning more, where is the next exotic place that they were going to travel to, and etc. Whereas with the patients, their worldview, uh, their topics were about their family, you know, about end of life, their regrets in life, what they were not able to enjoy now as they were immobile. And really the small little things in life. It could even be a simple, about a simple plate of takuitel or hokkien mee. So as the conversations led on, my own worldview of what it is, of what is and what is not important has changed too. As I finished my internship, you know, I realized that I joined the program at the hospital thinking that I will serve and reach out to the people and provide pastoral care for them. Isn't this what the program is about? But actually, the patients provided me pastoral care. The patients served me instead of me serving them in some sense. So church, many times we take the step out to reach out and serve others. We focus on how much we have sacrificed or how much we will sacrifice because we have served others. But the truth is, as we serve others, we are the ones who will be served. Our worldview and perspective change as we serve. We, we know it's not easy. I know it's definitely not easy for you uh, to take the first step uh, out to, to reach out and serve. Uh, we, I know it requires a lot of commitment, um, sacrifices, and a lot of God's love to take that step forward because it's not natural in us. But here, if we are to learn from Jonah, we really need to learn from the attitude of the sailors, right? The sailors who feared the Lord exceedingly, not just a little, but exceedingly. And they sacrificed something that was essential to them, not out of abundance, not out of something that was, you know, they had something extra in the boat, but out of the essential thing that they had, they had to sacrifice and it cost them dearly. Third also, right, they worship God through their vows. They vowed to, you know, probably go back to the to God's temple and worship God, although they are Gentiles. So when our attitude is set right, and when, and when we go to God in a prayerful attitude, we pray for God's guidance and assurance so that we can step out to reach out to others, to serve Him, to serve God Almighty, our God Almighty. When we do so, when we serve our God Almighty, He will change us from the inside out. He will change our perspective. He will change our worldview. He will change our attitude. And even our spiritual life, He will change. Because when we serve and we depend on Him, and we seek Him in prayer, we will be the one who change from the inside out. So before I end, can I ask that you take some time to take a look at this initiative by Thomas, 
our PPRSC uh, chair, uh, called Love in Action. Right? It will be sent out to cell leaders and you can also find it on our website. Basically, we want to encourage you to bless someone and serve them in a small way. And by doing so, I hope that you will be blessed and you will be changed from the inside out. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, our Father who is slow in anger, abounding in grace, and so merciful in our lives. Lord, in our lives we see grace upon grace that you have showered upon us. So Lord, I ask that you you continue to bless my brothers and sisters in Christ, that as they take that step of faith to serve someone, to reach out, to join a ministry, um, to be a blessing to someone who is in need, Lord, as they do so, they too will be will change from the inside out. So Father, I just ask for your blessings and your grace to overflow us from the inside out. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.